And so I would sit with the uh, the Sangoma. They would teach me uh, how to throw the bones. And they also would give me an insight in especially ancestors. The relationship to ancestor is indicative whether a person is on the right path, whether a person is uh, healthy. And uh, how, especially in, in dreams, that dreams are not just little fragments that happen at night, but it's a coexisting reality or a stream of consciousness that continues to exist when you mm. wake up and that uh, the world of dream or the other world is the place where the ancestors live and the spirits live and spirit animals. Hey everyone, it's Raghu. I'm back with Mind Rolling and I have a boy, somebody that I have wanted to talk to for a long time, but I didn't even know he existed. Machiel Clerk. Welcome to Mind Rolling and happy to have you. Thank you, Raghu. It's a pleasure to be here with you and I look forward to our conversation. Yeah. So uh, there's a new book that you just put out. Uh, I think it's fairly new, eh? Dream Guidance, mm -hmm. and it's connecting to the soul through dream incubation. And we'll get more into that. But just uh, love to hear a little bit about your background, what even would have led you. Uh, well, let's even get much more basic. What are the things that gave you the idea that there was something outside of the senses and the thinking mind that was worthy of pursuit? Yeah, a, a great question. And my journey really uh, started when I was stuck in the pit and I couldn't uh, go any further. I was uh, in my early 20s. I hadn't dealt well with the grief of the loss of my father who died I, when I was uh, 10, oh um, which had accumulated. I hadn't dealt well with my feelings in general. I was at an educated, I was doing my bachelor, but wasn't excited about it and uh, was sitting on the, on the couch and smoking too much wheat uh, at the time <laughs> as well, which made me very lethargic. And so all these things did lead up to being massively stuck at no uh, future vision. If I would think about the future, it would be just black. I remember those days. And then by chance, I stumbled upon the works of, uh, of Carl Jung, who opened mm -hmm. me up to this notion that there is more than the senses, because this was very uh, astute beginning. It I lived in a world that was that I were what I what I could see that existed, and there was some some belief that there was maybe something behind it, but I didn't know that. And uh, and then reading Jung's work that changed my worldview. It opened me up to dreams. Dreams started flooding in, and I got a sense of. Uh, that there is a world behind the world. I reconnected to my father in my dreams, got a mm. sense of purpose. So that massively changed the course of my life. And uh, I've been just uh, hanging on to the threat of dreams because they've been uh, been helpful ever since. Mm. That's wonderful. And uh, I do know as well, you have traveled extensively into other cultures and so on. Particularly, um, I'm thinking about South Africa, um, and uh, it, you really um, you really highlight highlighted. I think is the right word uh, the the practice of 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 really um, working with one's dreams. In the Sangoma tradition, I have a good friend uh, who, in fact, I just did a podcast with recently, it's not out yet, um, John Lockley, who is uh, actually a white person who, um, through his dream, was invited into a, a, a specific Sangoma tradition that was only um, African people. And uh, he was one of the first to be invited. And, you know, uh, ignorance is weird. Because you always think, oh, a shamanistic tradition. Oh, let's go do ayahuasca with them. You know, that kind of 
idiotic Western thing mm-hmm. that we we have around the, these traditions. Uh, we're sometimes you know, not very tuned in, and in fact, that was not a part of their tradition, at least not publicly. Um, and what was was the power of dreams and the power of uh, of of relating with ancestors and and you know we can get into that again yeah. but yeah just a little bit about uh, maybe mention a little bit about your your trips uh, that you've taken to asia and africa well i was uh, uh, born in south africa oh you right That's and right. Uh, i uh, hadn't returned for uh, for several decades till about uh, now uh, 10 12 years ago I started having dreams of uh, me being in the plane, landing in Johannesburg, and really having a sense of coming home and be deeply moved. Mm. So I, 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 and then I would watch TV programs about South Africa, and I met another white Sangoma in uh, in, in California, who uh, was intriguing. And so I decided to go back to uh, to South Africa, and uh, and and visit the place, and then also visit the indigenous healers, the Sangoma. And they uh, uh, they would throw the bones, and then uh, it's, it's called there. It's shells and stones and whatever mm-hmm. that really uh, uh, shows um, what is going on. Whether it's on healing, on spiritual level, emotional level, it's there. It's it's one of their ways of diagnosing how how a person is doing and finding the medicine. And they would uh, uh, they would uh, uh, tell me, oh. You, uh, uh, we can see you're uh, you're a healer in your own right, and uh, we uh, and so also they said uh, you're you're welcome to sit here and we share uh, insights on on dreams and healing, and so I would sit with the uh, the sangoma, they would teach me uh, how to throw the bones, and they also would give me an insight in especially ancestors how ancestor is is is. The relationship to ancestor is indicative whether a person is on the right path, whether a person is uh, healthy, and uh, how uh, the notion uh, is, especially in, in dreams, that dreams are not just little fragments that happen at night, but it's a coexisting reality or a stream of consciousness that continues to exist when you mm-hmm. wake up. And that uh, the world of dream or the other world is the place where the ancestors live and the spirits live and spirit animals. They usually tend to say ancestor and then lump in everyone or anything that just lives in the other world. So it's not only your blood ancestor, it's anyone who died, but also spirit guides or other spirits. And how to, uh, how to build a uh, relationship with these beings. So also their method is not so inter- is not so interpretive like what does this mean but how do I build up a relationship with grandfather or spirit guide so that I hear this guide in my day-to-day life and I give yeah. expression to it Uh-huh yeah So I think but we should go back to Jung though because uh I think personally it's very you know his work is extremely important and can help a lot of people yeah um i i was fortunate myself many years ago to have a jungian uh psychotherapist that was just phenomenal uh a mentor to me and uh, the work that we did uh, was extraordinary and there's a certain kind of openness and mm-hmm. i'm sure you you know this quite well with uh, people that uh have immersed themselves in in his uh, philosophy, shall we say? And uh, for instance, this particular being that I was seeing for a while, he had uh, he he of course, and Jung too was very open to Eastern traditions hmm. and and knew of them, and certainly and knew of the tradition that I come from, which is Bhakti Yoga. Um, uh, I, we have folks. We haven't even talked talked at all about any of this, Machiel and I. Uh, but just obviously, Ramdas is this is Ramdas's Be Here Now Network, 
And I spent time in India with him and our guru, Neem Karoli Baba, the man in the blanket from Be Here Now. Uh, So this Jungian therapist, who was not into quote-unquote gurus particularly or anything like that, uh, he would say, as I walked, one time I remember I walked in the room and he sat down he said, we just started talking for a minute. And then he said, well, what do you think Neem Karoli Baba would say about this? I was like shocked that he'd even go there. He said, mm. well, why don't we sit with him? Let's just invite him into the room. And we mm. did. It was one of the most powerful therapeutic sessions I've had in my life. Now, and uh, so that kind of openness is so critical to, to has been for my appreciation of Jung just talk about how he affected you so deeply that set you out on this path. Yeah, a beautiful uh, story. And indeed, one of the, the openness to the other world, that there's a world behind the world that's not immediately visible to the senses unless you slow down and let the imagination come in and that you treat the imagination also as real and that there's the that there is a real, at least a real imaginative figure there that you can engage with. And when once you do that, like I learned in my early 20s, that uh, these, these, these figures, they, they say things back or you can write it down or your intuition or you get a sense and, and they bring information and, and suggestions that I didn't have. Mm. And, and, and that would set me, yeah, it would, it would help me on my path. And one of the things I think this openness that Jung did and that 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 I started to try to emulate a little bit is that uh, you start noticing you're, I wasn't alone. I felt deeply alone in the pit. And then at once, oh, there's a whole host of beings and ancestors and even my dad and et cetera who are supportive. I need to do the work here, but I'm it, I'm no longer alone. And that's, that's huge. That, that is so huge. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and a sense of there's a life after death and uh, life has meaning versus could it have something? And what the meaning exactly is, is a all, all different question. But it, it, there was a sense of there's some meaning to it. It's not, I'm not living in some accidental universe. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, random. Oh God, what's going to be hitting me next? Kind of, yeah, All right. The, yeah. Between that and isolation and separation, both externally and internally, when we have that going on, life can be very, very, very difficult. Which is why the beauty of of this man, Carl Jung, is extraordinary. And those of you who um, know of Jung and maybe know a little bit. Um, should really uh, uh, we'll put in the show notes maybe you can even suggest uh, a, a starter uh, book or something um, from Jung and then we can put that up there Machio. yeah I can say it right now it's uh, you, uh, his autobiography Memories, Dreams and Reflection mm. that gives a good start or Man and His Symbol which is a compilation of some of some key concepts that are somewhat practical to implement. Mm. So personally, can you tell us, uh, you know, a story of uh, a dream or something that was crucial to, to your moving into this in such a profound way, the, the world of, uh, of uh, dream incubation? Well, um, there's just, there's a kind of two questions in one. What I noticed in, 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 in just in general in dreams in that initial phase is that dreams provided kind of psychological x-rays of where I was. Mm. And so I would see characters that were doing unhelpful activities, sleeping in too long, missing school or something like that. And then I would ask myself, where in my life do I see this? Uh, didn't really require a lot of uh, skill to, to see <laughs> where that was. Especially young 20s, right? Yeah, but there were also characters that were, were engaged and passionate and, and, and had a purpose. And when I aligned with those, uh, I started to, with, within weeks, 
and months, I started feeling a sense of, of, of flow again, coming back in my life and, and, and even finding some joy in climbing out of the pit. Because walking around or sitting there in the pit, that's it's really horrible. And even, even having the feeling like, oh, I'm, it's still not great, but I'm, I'm, I have a sense that I can get out of this was just energizing. Mm. And uh, so a lot of really little dreams uh, did indicate that. And sure, I had some big dreams in which I met my dad or uh, I, 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 I met some uh, characters that, uh, that came up with suggestions. Um, and I think we all have some of those big dreams and, uh, and, and helpful dreams. Yet uh, going to the dream incubation, which is the technique of asking your dream a question before you go to bed in order to have a helpful response, I've noticed that you don't have to wait for the dream to come to you and deliver some, some goodie, some insight. You can ask the dream for help with anything that's relevant for your life path. And, uh, uh, and that is what I try to describe in, uh, in the book uh, with, with the steps you can do that. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I, I think that is a very helpful element of it. There's mm-hmm. the support on standby that is willing to help and can help in many ways, but one of the ways is through dreams. Mm. And uh, back to Jung, who, who you quote saying, dreams have influenced all the important changes in my life and theories. Yeah. Which is uh, a, a huge statement. What you say at the end of his life, he was already well into his 80s. Um, it's it's interesting that he he was asked what you say to write a general introduction book to his theories and he, uh, and he he declined yes until he well you tell what happened yes he there was there was a publisher who uh, and you wrote kind of difficult books especially towards the end that uh, if you have no pre knowledge of his work it's uh, it it it's it's a little it's 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 a tough read so the publisher thought. We need to ask Jung while he's still alive if he can make some can write some book that's an introduction to his work. Yeah. And when he uh, when the publisher asked Jung, he uh, Jung uh, thought uh, briefly about it and said, "No, thank you." Yet then he had a dream in which he uh, uh, saw a tree and he was plucking the fruit of the tree and giving that to uh, to people from all kinds of places who surprisingly. Uh, were interested in in eating the fruit. And he thought, huh, maybe I need to make this work accessible to the larger community. And uh, so he changed his mind based on that dream. And the next time that this publisher asked him again, Jung said, yes, I'm I'm willing to do this. And that first book was? That book is uh, Man and a Symbol. Man and a Symbol. And that is Mm -hmm. one of his last book in, in life. He wrote one after that, but... Yeah. Right. I mean, just think of it that we are benefiting from this uh, incredible wisdom by virtue of what you are talking about, that dreams are not separate from life and they inform us. And and I like how you um, remind us all of... Uh, Joseph from the from the Bible, right, and and the multi-colored coat that he dreamt. Of. I mean, the yeah. the and these are more precognitive or prophetic dreams. Yeah, talk about them because I I have experienced that myself and had my mind blown. Um, uh, in one particular instance, I was in India mm. with a group and and a teacher long, long time back. And, uh, and I had these, a prophet, well, it was a dream. I didn't know what was happening. I had all these events going on in the, in, in, in my dream around the people I was with and this teacher. And the next day, I mean, just like a bowling ball, knocking one pin after the other of what had happened in this dream. I was like, uh, shocked. I'll never forget that. Uh, but, yeah, talk about that a little bit, Matthew. Well, I, I think it's it's remarkable. It happens to uh, to to uh, us, and most of us have had one or some of those experiences. And 
what I think is that uh, what is so great about it is that then we know from our own experience there is something in the depths of our own psyche or in the depths of our own soul that knows things that can happen in the future or that can happen in different continents. There's some intelligence operating in us that lies be besides the sphere of our ego. And, uh, uh, and, um, and then the question becomes, once you know that it's there, how can I build a relationship and experience with this phenomenon that is uh, deeply intelligent and very wise? And, uh, and, and you can, yeah, you can build uh, a relationship by it through uh, Jungian techniques as active imagination, having conversations with it, consulting it throughout the day or consulting this phenomenon at night, because if it, it knows this, but it knows also who we are, uh, what uh, would be good for us to develop, which directions to go in or the outcome of some, some activity that we do. And, uh, and and nurture that relationship with the with, with the phenomenon that uh, that knows that is i think the real uh, the real next step that can happen from having these dreams and this direct experience that there's something that is uh, creative wise intelligent mm. the phenomena that knows that's a good one yeah. and that 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 comes you know real really in line with my own experience uh, related to guru is such an overused mm -hmm. shitty term <laughs> these days. And you're using ancestors basically uh, as a way to characterize that we all, and this is my, maybe my projection, but we all have a guide deep inside ourselves that's accessible through intu intuition uh, through um, through dreams, through uh, phenomena that are beyond ego mind, basically. Yeah. And every one of us has that, and I think it manifests uh, uh, through dreams. That's a great. I mean, I can't tell you. You know, when I first met um, Neem Karoli Baba, um, I ha I started having a series of dreams. I couldn't tell. Did that happen? I was with him the other day. Did that happen then, or was it? You know, I it was yeah. just they 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 lost the focus of sleep time thing, which that's ah, just a dream, and daytime thing, which is another dream, basically. Yeah, and and, and it all got uh, into one fabric, and and I think that's a really important thing. And when you say you you have uh, one chapter, the dream is interested in helping us. Yes. That's really sweet. And the reality is, uh, what is that? What is that? Tell, tell us what... Well, that is this, uh, this uh, combination between a, a guide and this phenomenon that knows, that uh, is uh, on standby to, uh, to support uh, all life and also our life. And I think in, a, in somewhat metaphorical, we're our waves on the ocean. We're made of the same substance as the ocean. We're connected to the ocean. And this ocean uh, is interested in helping the wave become itself. And uh, um, a lot of spiritual traditions refer to this, ask and you shall be given, or uh, some form of, of even a love relationship between the human and the mystery. And uh, mm. what I've, uh, I've, I've learned in my uh, exploration is that uh, uh, this phenomenon is interested in helping and educating. And maybe I can share a dream mm. uh, that I've wrote somewhere also in the book, I believe. Um, yes, I did. And it was, uh, uh, I asked the dream, dream, what do you want to tell the readers about this technique of asking you for help. And I thought, well, invite this mystery in to share, mm. to say something. Mm. And the dream I have is I'm at a company and the company has a uh, very wise, compassionate CEO, female CEO. 
En de uh, 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 compassionate CEO is, uh, is, is, is the best coach possible. En, uh, uh, but what she will do is, if you want to figure it out on your own, that is totally fine. No judgment. Whether that takes you two or three years to accomplish a certain project is completely fine. However, if you want to have uh, help, she'll be delighted in equal same way. And she will help you with your, with your, uh, with your task or project. Mm. And, I, I, and that was the dream. And I took that as uh, this compassionate CEO or guiding principle is, is really has complete uh, free will for you, the person. You want to do it on your own and figure it out? You're welcome to do so. However, you want help. It loves to educate and, uh, and, uh, and, and support. And uh, you can reach out and then you get guidance for whatever it is that you're busy with or engaged with on your life journey. Mm. So I think that, is, uh, that figure is on standby. And, uh, and people approach it maybe in meditation or in prayer. And one of the ways it communicates with us is through dreams. Mm. You uh, quote uh, Rumi. We all yeah. love Rumi. Yeah. And I think this is uh, super important. It extends into beyond what you think is a, a, a dream life or a waking life. It, it, it goes beyond those two um not polarities those two uh realities shall we say yeah um there is no lover seeking union without the beloved searching for him too a thirsty person cries for fresh water while water is crying who wants to drink me uh, i you know what i didn't I'm not familiar with that you know and I've read a lot of rumi that that's just the any you're saying the Rumi's indicating the relationship between man and the, and the divine is a love affair, both searching for each other. Our thirst for the divine is only answered by the divine's cry of being taken, being taken in. Uh, I just have one story that uh, has to do yeah. with Ramdas, actually. Yeah, yeah. He got, uh, we were with Neem Karoli Baba one day, and he got very angry uh, at, at our, we were, in our early 20s, he was 40, you know, so he was the elder for sure. Mm. And we were acting out some stuff as, you know, people in their early 20s do, even though we had incredible karma to be over at, in, in that moment over in India and meeting him. And uh, anyhow, he got so upset, he threw a plate of food at one of the Westerners. And if you're in India, the way food is treated, if you don't finish your food, it's, it's a, you might as well have gone over and slapped the host or something, you know, it's that uh, important. And he did the ultimate no-no. So then eventually Maharaji, who we called, Neem Karoli Baba, called him up and said, uh, you're angry, Ramdas? And Ramdas said, yes, these people are adharmic, you know. In other words, all they care about is me, 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 which is exactly what was going on. And he said, well, and he ordered somebody, he said, bring some warm milk. And he said, I, and he gave it to Ramdas, and he said, here, you take this, but you have to drink it. In other words, it's exactly what you're saying here in the book, that that, that is uh, a mutual responsibility of the universe mm. required. And um, the, uh, just to add on to that story, another uh, friend of mine went to India after he, uh, Neem Karoli Baba, had died, but fortunately it left us with this incredible, our Indian mother who was an in, a saint who had been with uh, Neem Karoli Baba for a long time, Siddhi Ma is her name, and he went and uh, he was talking about some way in which he needed something to happen in his life, but it was, it was too worldly. He didn't want to ask for worldly stuff. Uh, you know, this being is, you know, there's no challenge for him to know what I'm thinking is what this man said. And she said, no, it doesn't work like that. 
you as a devotee need to ask, and it's his job to respond. That is the relationship, which is exactly what you're, you're uh, yeah. speaking to here, no? Yeah, beautiful. I get goosebumps from, uh, from, from, from your story and the similarity that's being uh, mimicked out in the devotee-guru relationship as between us and the divine. And yeah. the divine is on standby, but if we, I think it breaks free will. If we, uh, if we, we can do whatever, but if we, if we want some support, reach out and tell the mystery, gosh, uh, I, I would love to live uh, more healthy. What is one type of food I could eat? Or how can mm. I be more loving to my partner? Or what is uh, a blind spot that I have that hinders me the most? Yeah. And, and those are also generous questions because they, they don't pertain only just to little yeah. me. Yeah, but they, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, and of course, what you are saying is the, the definitive power of dreams can really allow one to uh, work through situations that are very difficult. And we all have those situations uh, in our lives, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I had somebody, I, I told somebody I was going to get with you today. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, well, dreams, you know, everybody's interested, you know. But some, not some, many people, one person uh, have trouble remembering their dreams. One person said, I go to bed at night you know, and I asked, please, can I remember my dreams? And I have not been successful. So let's talk about that, that level mm. of, uh, of pro problematic stuff around dreams. Interesting, because normally just asking that question, please dream, I would love to remember you. Have a pencil and paper next to your bed. Uh, in 90% in of the people that solves the problem of dream recall. Maybe it's not the first night, but then the second or the third night, and then they have maybe two or three dreams a week. Very few people remember every night their dream. There are still enough, but the majority of the people that pay attention have, have a two, three, four dreams a night, uh, a week. I think, again, it is, uh, in general, it seems to be, interest uh, and willingness to follow up that uh, that indicates the dream uh, dream recall so it starts with dream uh, even you could say dream but uh, I, I don't i don't get it i try to remember it and i'm not remembering it so maybe tell me is there anything i can do to improve dream recall and uh, um, maybe get a dream about that and then when you wake up in the morning, at the minimum, write down, oh, I wake up, I feel some anxiety in my stomach, and you start describing that, just your, your physical feelings. Mm. And that, that, th then, then the dream knows you're, you're listening. Mm. And, uh, start a relationship. Start, start a treated as a, a relationship with, with your own internal guru. Show mm. it respect. Uh, if you have a snippet, Thank you. I have a snippet. I'm walking mm -hmm. in the supermarket. All right. That feels banal and ordinary, but let me write it down. And, uh, and, and, and then 90 till 95% of the people will, will, have, will start having dream recall within, within days. Really? Wow. Yeah. Actually, you, you talk about it in, in classical Jungian thought, the self is the regulating directing center that sends dreams to help is yes. basically and of course we have to talk about the self uh, most people relate the self that's that thing that's thinking all this bullshit day to day and it's a, it's the movie of me my friend calls it wake yeah. up in the morning and you're the director the producer the writer the protagonists and 24 7 and you know how do we move on from there? Of course, once we realize that a lot, so we really are talking about intentions, the intention to want to move beyond 
the me, me, that's why when you talk about uh, an intention that includes generosity, right? That's certainly the first step in my yeah. mind. And, and intention comes also from the Latin intendere, which mm. means reaching uh, out or reaching beyond. So you reach beyond the little self to the big self, like in Jungian terms of the capital S, which Jung uses as a psychological uh, way of talking about God or the divine, but he doesn't go, he doesn't use those words so much, or he might use the God image, but the self as a regulating center that is that is the ocean versus the little self that's the wave. Yeah. And, and the little wave often has very confusing ideas <laughs> about, <laughs> about itself. That's a wild understatement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, we have to get the, the and, and Jung explains this uh, phenomenally through his work. Yeah. 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 The little self and the big self. And it's, it's nothing to me. It's this, the same as the Buddhist concept of, of, um, true self. Yeah. Um, and the, the reality is that, uh, as we understand how we are so caught in polarization inside ourselves, separation. So, uh, and you see how, your motivations are include defense mechanisms so that we are protecting what our habitual patterns have been. We are protecting the places, our neurotic stuff. And you start to then understand, wait, that there, as Jung says, there is the big self. And the big self is the, as you said, the ocean versus the wave, but it's also the big self concerns the the concerns there are not limited to what is it you know what's going to be good for me what do I need uh, um, Ramdas by the way in this wonderful film that we did a few years ago around him called Becoming Nobody yeah uh, he talks about at one point I love this I I don't know how many times I've quoted this because it means so much to me he goes when is what I want enough when is what i need enough mm. it's much more interesting to think about how can i serve you know something like that and uh that's that to me is the dividing line between the little self and the big self and uh and certainly uh these are themes that can be explored in 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 dreams uh, yes and it's beautiful uh um what you say there, it also makes me think about uh, the the basic mythology or way of living life that I learned from the African shamans mm. was that the idea is we come into the world with wounds, but also with gifts. Mm. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the goal is to deliver your gift to community. And once you do that, you're in alignment with the larger, with the self. And life has a purpose and your life gets purpose and so that is completely different what 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 do i yeah how do i do my life how do i deliver my gift to community mm. and uh, and then you're serving something larger uh, than yourself and i think that on my travels uh, that i've also noticed that everywhere in the world what we share is actually a deep desire to serve something larger than us Mm. We might be scared, we might be whatever, but once we do that, we do that, we feel good. It's like, oh, great, I, I, I could help, I could deliver, I could make a meal, I could make someone laugh, I could, those mm. things. And then uh, you get a, a more interesting, colorful life. Yeah, yeah. Interconnectivity is uh, a bit of a lost art these days. Um, well, you're living in this country. I was going to say it's a little bit different because that art isn't as lost in in Holland, for instance, as here it is really rapidly disintegrating, unfortunately, which is why whatever we can do to initiate the openness that it takes to get outside, get outside that little self uh, is important. That's why 
yeah, the the um, this method of incubation. Talk about that. Actually, we haven't really talked about the yeah. the method of incubation. Talk about that of dreams. So it's a very old way of engaging with dreams. I've studied it and traveled around, saw that it came back in almost any spiritual and religious tradition, where people had uh, figured out that if before you go to bed, you can ask the mystery, uh, the dream, whatever you name, give it to it for support. And then the dream would uh, would give you an answer that uh, that would be helpful for you. And I uh, I looked at that and I uh, practiced it for myself and I came with this five-step method. Mm. And uh, a an, practical example was recently there was a man who had been married for many years, uh, divorced, and uh, uh, was back in the dating life. And he noticed it doesn't, it, it, he said it doesn't flow so well. Mm. And uh, he said, I really would love to, uh, to meet a, a, a great partner. Can I ask the dream about that? And I said, yeah, of course, especially uh, where you want to uh, share your love, become more loving person, uh, deepen your love. That's a great question. And he, uh, so he, he, step one was he identified that there was a problem that he would like support with, finding a partner. Then step two is phrase the question. And phrasing a really good question is, is one of the two things that this really hinges on. Mm. And uh, and in talking with this man, he said, yeah, I, I, I want that partner. But he said, probably if I know what my obstacle is to finding a good partner, I will be able to, to connect. But I know that there's something blocking me to connect with this partner. And so he said, I'm going to ask Dream, what is my biggest obstacle in my dating life? Mm. And uh, that was a great question. Uh, one is uh, he probably will be uh, forced to look at something that uh, that is uh, unpleasant for him, uh, but uh, is real work. It's also a simple question. What is one one blockage? What's my biggest blockage? Because maybe he has 10, but he's just focusing on what is my biggest blockage. That will also help him later on understand the dream better because the dream will respond to question. And if you uh, say, what are my blockages? you might see a lot of dream elements and it becomes more difficult to figure out what the answer is. So he phrased a simple question. Then he did a ritual. And the ritual is the other part that is crucial to this uh, way of uh, this technique. And the ritual is really spending focused, uh, uh, respectful, heartfelt time on telling the mystery you would like to have support and do something. So this man drew a heart with a big question mark on it and then uh, wrote to the dream what, that he would love to have support and how this is going to help him and how this is going to help others. And so he spent time and that, that it, it's so relational that he just indicates to the mystery, uh, I'm taking it serious. I'm not just handing in my request, like give me a partner. No, I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to look in myself. And I'm, 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 I'm also showing you now, uh, uh -huh. this, this, this is, uh, this is meaningful to me. And, mm. uh, and, and by putting, uh, uh, a pressure on the question, uh, it also helps with the uh, incubation dream. And in general, we could say pressure creates worlds. If I have a lot of pressure and anxiety, I start living in an anxious world. If I, uh, whatever I put a lot of focus on, it starts uh, creating the world that I live in. So back to the ritual, uh, focus, intention, expectation, belief, uh, respect, love, relationship, and, and that for a bit of time, that will uh, do it. It's not how good you make a, a drawing, it's that you make a drawing. Mm. It's not even that you make a drawing. If you want to dance, you dance. I looked at a lot of traditions and they had very fixed rituals and I figured out it's not the ritual itself. It is that it is ritual and make the ritual that fits for you. Light a candle, do a prayer, do a dance, whatever, find an object, make something. Mm. And, uh, so that's step three, the ritual. And then four, you go to bed, you meditate briefly on your question, sleep, have a dream. And then when you wake up, step five, 
write down the dream upon waking, repeat it a couple of times, because at night your short-term memory goes offline. And that is why we don't remember hours actually of dream experience. Repeat it a couple of times, write it down, at the bare minimum some keywords and write it down, write it full out later, and then work on it. And uh, sometimes it's very uh, clear, and sometimes you have to puzzle a little bit, but always be radical. It's like if, if, if a person goes to the guru and asks the guru a question, whatever the guru does is the answer. The guru might give a little bit of a riddled answer, might give a direct answer, will find an answer that is, is specific, attuned to this individual, or might give no answer, and that is the answer. Something what this guru does back is the answer. Same with the mystery. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, and so this man had the following dream. He says, in the dream, I am driving in a tunnel. And um, in, in front of me is another car. And I, I think I see a mountain lion in the distance. When I get close, I see it's a beautiful tiger. And I get scared, slam on the brakes and, and back out. And that's the dream. So what I also suggest to people, instead of asking the question, what does this mean, which requires a bit of symbols and all those kind of symbol knowledge and mythology and fairy tale, uh, ask the question, what is happening? Because everyone can an answer that question, whether you have no dream uh, work ever or a little or a lot, what is happening? And so the man says, what is happening is, it's almost like he looked at it as a third person, oh, I, I'm driving in the car, I'm, I'm moving through life, and then I see something that is beautiful, but I get really scared. Mm. And when I get really scared, I slam the brakes and I'm, I'm backing out. Huh. And then it's like, oh, against your question, what's my biggest obstacle in, in dating life? When you get scared, you're backing out. Now, now he has his uh, his work cut, Something cut out to work for him. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's really great. I think a, a lot of people can relate with that one for sure, yeah, especially I, men. Totally, totally. <laughs> and you know, it's it's uh, is the woman or man that you encounter really beautiful and. Oop, or the intimacy, the vulnerability that it requires to connect and up, we're out. Mm. Um, there's many, many ways that, you, that, that he and we can look at, hey, where, yeah. where do we encounter this tiger? And mm. how do we back out? Yeah. yeah. And in the incubation process, I would ha have to believe and uh, trust is, uh, and you do mention trust in the book, but I think trust is, uh, that's a huge thing. Uh, it's something I like to talk about a lot because intuition and trust go together so um, formidably. Yeah. Uh, but in the incubation process of, of working with uh, receptivity, uh, with the mystery, and by the way, everybody, the mystery is synonymous divine presence, Buddha mind, whatever you want to call it. Mystery is great. Roshi Joan Halifax uses that term a lot, the mystery. Mm. I don't mm. know if you know her, but um, so uh, I think that trust, let's talk about trust a little bit because without that, uh, you can be in, a, in situations where, uh, oh, that was just a dream, you know. Yeah. And, um, well... For anyone that uh, uh, um, uh, hasn't done this, uh, this requires even a little bit more trust because yeah, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Once we have the own experience, we start knowing, oh, this, uh, this, this works. Like you had a, had a dream, this prophetic dream. So you know in the bones of your own being, there's something alive in you that knows what can happen the next day. And, uh, and, and that is powerful. And, and trust is different than knowing for sure. You don't have to trust something you, don't, you know for sure. And that's a big, uh, a big uh, difference. Um, you trust uh, 
uh, yeah, you have to trust when you don't know for sure. Mm. And uh, um, but this also even you can bring that in when people say can try this technique tonight. You could even say, gosh, yeah, you know, I haven't experienced this before. Uh, I'm I'm willing to give it a try. I'm willing to trust it. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it works. And that is fine. That is honest. And uh, people can uh, can practice this. This technique works whether you've never done dreams or you've done a lot of dreams. And uh, it really hinges on asking the right question, uh, doing your ritual, and, and make it uh, personally relevant. So something that pertains to your life path. Then, uh, then it works. And... Uh, and then the trust comes again the next uh, the next morning. You get a dream. Sometimes it's very clear. Sometimes it isn't. But sometimes the answer comes from an angle that you didn't didn't uh, think about because it's new information, and so it's it 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 requires a bit of puzzling. Then you have to trust that the dream answers and pay a respect to the dream and puzzle on it, and maybe it comes through a synchronistic event in the day or later on or somehow. And the more you, more I think more people do this and trust themselves and trust the mystery, um, the stronger, uh, the easier it becomes to trust. Um, and that relationship just gets stronger. That relationship just gets stronger over time by mutual engagement. I think it, then it spreads into every aspect of our lives, that trust. And you talk about, uh, I think one thing that's, uh, before we have to go here, uh, that's really important. Um, you talk about people who engage with dream incubation, whether wonder whether dreams can be trusted. So just what we we're talking about, whether yeah. they are helpful yeah. and they guide us. Uh, and you said, be sure to distinguish between regular dreams and the dream response that you get from an incubation. Um, there might be a regular dream in which a trickster pops up, yet if you engage in the sacred activity of connecting with the mystery, then I do not believe you will be misguided. And uh, I have been fortunate to uh, to have just that experience without any of this terminology, which I, mm. you know, and, and I've learned a bunch bunch some from carl jung and his work around dreams but uh i knew very early on mostly after i met neem karoli baba the power of uh, you would call an incubated dream i would have called it i didn't know if it was what plane it was on the dream plane or the or, the, mm-hmm. or this plane you know, I would do things like after he left, I would have dreams of him. I, I remember when I first started dreaming of uh, him, Nim Karoli Baba, after he left that particular body. Uh, and at one, I went, shit, how did you do this? Yeah. I thought you left that body. I was so confused in yeah. terms of, of, of the, the planes of consciousness. And, uh, and so it led me to be able to discern the reality of 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 a, a dream that you know that kind of a dream versus a dream which is just running off desire systems and fear and and so on and so forth. By the way, I have to tell you, here, help me out here, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream a week ago. I yeah. told this to my friend John, actually. He was like, it was as normal as nothing. But to me, it was um, not so normal. I was with a group of people, uh, friends, I guess. Each one of us had a wild um, lion or panther as, as if you, you know, if you had a pet. Mm. And I was so in tune with this amazing Hmm. uh, living uh, presence and so at ease with it. And, you know, there was absolutely, I I had no fear. And I noticed next to me, the friend that I had next to me had a black panther and I had an African um, tan female lion. I remember Hmm. that exactly. And I was just sort of completely 
delighted. And then I woke up and I was like, I had never had a dream like this before. And I know through John, we all have, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what you would call it in the Sangoma tradition of having a power, uh, an animal that's your power symbol. I don't know what that yeah. was, if that was part of it, but yeah. Well, I, 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 uh, um, where I would uh, also take it is, uh, and we alluded to it a couple of times, dreams are an other reality. And you have this reality and the dream reality. And there's a big tendency to discount that reality. But it's really in the dream, you are in a world. And in this world, your mind is somewhat uh, uh, active. And uh, you're engaging. And uh, uh, we just forget about that world when we wake up and we're in this world and we take this world for real. We go to bed, we forget this world, we take that world for real. So it's a fascinating thing that we take the world, we're in it for real and usually it's the only world. But mm. experientially, we know we live at least in two worlds. And, uh, uh, and, and I think in this other world that is real, uh, you have in a relationship with a dream uh, lion. And uh, it's a, it, the relationship seems to be a really uh, beautiful and intact. Uh, and, and technically you could say, oh, you're in good uh, um, uh, relationship with your instincts. Mm. There would be a bit of an interpretive move. But, but if you would really say there's a dream lion, a dream being that I'm in tune with, that helps me, that can guide me, that I have a relationship that maybe I can do things for. You can uh, you can build build and nurture that relationship so that it remains beautiful. Mm. And uh, now we have the dog coming in, almost like uh, a confirmation of uh, the instinct, the instinctual life being uh, present. But you could uh, then talk to it, make a drawing, ask what it wants. But it, I would I would go as far as taking it as. There's a real dream lion with you, mm. and uh, there's one of the, your the beings Guides. that walk with you uh, around, and is also present right now. Not only in the dream, mm. but that reality mm. is just coexisting to this, and you could connect to this dream lion anytime. Mm. That's great. I love it. I love it. It 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 fits in with my intuition about it for sure, for sure. Well, we're at the end of the uh, of, of the time allotted to us <laughs> for this, but I th there's one beautiful thing you you say, uh, which I think we all need to contemplate. Uh, who, especially anyone who's going, well, I don't know, and I can't, I don't remember my dreams, and you know all of the usual uh, BS we tell ourselves about relating with anything we haven't had experience with, and it, it you know putting it off. There's an an age-old tendency, you say, in us humans to refuse the call to adventure. Yeah. Life invites us to go in a certain direction, yet it doesn't fit with what we have in mind for ourselves. Uh, and, you know, everybody listening to this this is a great way to take advantage of going on an adventure that we happen to go on every night when we close our eyes and let go. And to and uh, Machiel has uh, in this book, Dream Guidance, many uh, very substantial ways to approach, approach that adventure. And I, I highly recommend it. And I thank you so much uh, for being here, Machiel. It's been delightful. Thank you, Raghu. It has been such a pleasure to be with you and uh, to be in, uh, in, and I love your energy and your connection to the other world and the questions you asked and the conversation we could have. So it was a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And everybody, we will have links to, to the book. Is the book out, Makiel? Yeah, the book is uh, out. The book is out. So we'll have a link so you can purchase the book and uh, connect to uh, Makiel's work in general. And Jung, of course, the book that he mentioned, that would be a good starter point for people. Um, and we shall uh, keep in touch here as we go through our journey. Yes. And again, really great to meet you. This is uh, 
Mind Rolling on Be Here Now Network. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and uh, just uh, so many great, great podcasts that we have around these kinds of subjects. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of it. We, uh, we actually uh, have a, a ce- we're celebrating, Michiel, our sixth anniversary. Congratulations. This kind of podcast. So we're happy to, sh- to share that with everybody. So we shall see you next week on Mind Rolling.